Herzlich willkommen zu Ask Lou and Lada mit Lady Lou und Lada Redstar und mir als Co-Moderatorin Susanne. Bei Ask Lou and Lada geht es darum, dass ihr eure Fragen stellen könnt, was immer euer Herz begehrt, sei es Burlesque oder Sex, Beziehungen, Liebe, Styling, was auch immer. Ihr könnt alles fragen, was ihr möchtet und eure Fragen könnt ihr schicken an questions.burlesqueonair.gmail.com oder ihr könnt sogar Voice-Messages hinterlassen, die dann in der Sendung gesendet werden über facebook.com slash burlesqueonair. Aber nun erstmal ein fröhliches Willkommen an Lady Lou und Lada Redstar. Hallo. Hello, listeners of Radio Impala. It's gonna be a naughty, naughty night or morning. It depends when you're listening to us. Always when Lada is involved, it's a naughty night. It has to be. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is Lady Lou, and welcome to our very first show of Ask Lou and Lada. And we are both extremely happy to launch this project, and we look forward to answering your questions, which our listeners have sent in via email and via voice message. And they are a really interesting collection of of different types of questions, aren't yes. they, Lada? Yes. Yes, and you should introduce a little bit our shows. What it is about exactly? I mean, what are these questions? Maybe some of our listeners still don't know that they can send us questions and what about? So tell them more about it. Okay, so for all of you listeners out there, if you have a question, maybe it's burlesque related, but it doesn't have to be. It could be something about relationships, styling, just life in general, anything that you can think of. Lou and Lada are here and happy to help you and to discuss these topics. And what you can do is you can just simply write us an email at questions.bolesconier at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Facebook slash things, booms, da burleskonair.com you know what it is Facebook burleskonair things uh, and send us a you can send us a voice uh, message there and if you don't know how to do that we have a really gorgeous video with Lada giving the most adorable scandalous instructions about how you can do that and that is not the sex tape that we are going to talk about later There's a sex tape? It seems like there's a sex tape. I don't know anything about it, I promise. There's a rumor going around in the burlesque world that there is a sex tape of Lada oh Redstone out there. Anyway, going, let's go back to We're going to, our, to learn more about that later. Let's go back to our talk show. So let's call it, it's a little bit of a boudoir of Radio Impala where... Women and men can openly talk about relationships and sex, of course, and as well the burlesque wars and the secrets of the backstages. So maybe we should already go to our first question. Who sent it and what is it? Our first question is from Dawn from Cupcake Berlin. And she's asking, how do you keep the flames burning in the bedroom? What tips do you have for all of your listeners to keep things spicy with your partner? 
Die erste Frage kommt von Dawn von Cupcake Berlin und die Frage lautet, wie erhält man die Leidenschaft in einer Beziehung? So from my experience of being in a relationship for 10 years and now married, um, it really takes a little bit of creativity and imagination to keep the flames alive in the bedroom. And me personally, I am a game player. I love oh. playing games. So Lady Lou. You can imagine when you first meet someone that you're attracted to and this game of attraction and flirting and you give a little bit then they give a little bit and then you sort of turn the shoulder and walk away and play hard to get and this is the game that gives you adrenaline it gives you that animal instinct and just because you're in a long-term relationship doesn't mean that you can't keep this part of um, your sex life alive. And with in our modern day uh, society with our technology, especially uh, being able to send pictures and voice messages <laughs> very easily and your partner can receive them at any time of the day. Um, I love this. I mean, I'm loving the sex pictures as well. Yes. And I've been enjoying and abusing of them so much, I have to admit. I mean, to receive a sexy picture when you're in a, like, just at the supermarket waiting and, <laughs> and then you turn red, your heartbeat goes faster and then a little sexy message after about that this is what they're going to do to you later. I mean, it's, it really adds a lot to the relationship. So I think, but not only these games, there are so many games you can play and, For a woman, I think we really enjoy these games. For a lot of men, not all men, but it's much more direct about the sex part of it. But for women, we love the game, the foreplay around it. And if, you, for example, you're, you've planned a romantic evening with your partner, why not start the foreplay right from the morning when you wake up by sending messages about what you would like to do to that person in the evening, um, what you're going to be wearing and have this really long foreplay all day. And so when you really go on that date, you're all frisky and there's that energy between you both. And then, yeah, it makes it just makes it so much more exciting. I think you're very right. And I didn't even think about all this. It's, uh, yes, I have um, things to learn from you as well. Who would have said that? <laughs> Because I'm that kind of person that when I don't have anything to explore anymore with one person, I would just find another prey. I mean, who mm -hmm. says that I have to make so many efforts, you know, to find new things and to uh, uh, make efforts to keep a couple of alive when maybe that flame is not there anymore. And we, us women as well, we need to realize that sometimes we don't have to fight for things and we just have to say, you know what, I'm going to find somebody else. And it's not a bad thing. We are not maybe monogamous creatures and maybe, you know, our life nowadays allows us to have many relationships in a life because we are not obliged anymore to be with just one person. So I think there are many ways of playing around this thing of getting bored in sex. And one of them is exploring new little things and games. And the other one is just, you know, just give up. And I mean, not give up, but just say, oh, 
it's a word that I cannot say on the radio, but just like, fuck it. I'm just going to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, turn the page and go somewhere else and mm-hmm. have fun with another body that it's so exciting and other smells and other way of touching a person and looking at a person. But, you know, so there are many ways of uh, getting out of that cage of getting bored in bed with, with the same partner. It just depends what, what your direction is. Yeah, but maybe with these tips of Lady Lou, this is not necessary anymore, Lada. Maybe it's just right. it's just two different views. This is why we yeah. have the show of Lou and Nada because we do come from different perspectives. And uh, so I would say I find it um, really beautiful and um, comfortable and natural to to make love to a partner that you know very well. Um, and there's not this awkwardness of this first time. Oh, oh. my God, how bad is the first and, time? And uh, when you really know, oh. but it does take a lot more effort and creation. Also um die Flamme der Leidenschaft in einer Beziehung aufrechtzuerhalten, kann man einfach die moderne Technologie nutzen. Das heißt, sich einfach mal sexy Bilder schicken oder wenn man einen romantischen Abend geplant hat, schon am Morgen dieses Abends anfangen, dem Partner aufregende Nachrichten zu schreiben, was man anhaben wird, was man mit dem Partner anstellen wird. Das ist ein Trick. Also einfach sich immer wieder neue Spielchen einfallen lassen und dann muss man auch nicht so, so oft den Partner wechseln, wie es Lada gerne macht. So the song that we are going to hear now, it's actually, uh, it calls for my version of facts, which is pass to another prey, find another prey after you get so bored with the old one. And it's a Sophia Lawrence song that is called To Keep the Love Alive. And how is Sophia Lawrence keeping the love alive? by killing her praise. Let's listen to it. I married many men, a ton of them, because I was untrue to none of them, because I bumped off every one of them to keep my love alive. Sir Paul was freddy looked erect to me At night he was a horse's neck to me So I performed an appendectomy To keep my love alive Sir Thomas had insomnia He couldn't sleep at night I bought a little arsenic He's sleeping now, all right. Sir Philip played the harp, I cast the thing. I crowned him with his harp to bust the thing. And now he plays where harps are just a thing to keep my love alive. To keep my love alive. Thought Sir George had possibilities, but his flirtations made me ill at ease. And when I'm ill at ease, I kill at ease to keep my love alive. Sir Charles came from a sanatorium and yelled for drinks in my emporium. I mixed one drink, is in memoriam. 
to keep my love alive. Sir Francis was a singing bird, a nightingale. That's why I tossed him off my balcony to see if he could fly. Sir Athelstane indulged in fratricide. He killed his dad, and that was patricide. One night I stabbed him by my matricide to keep my love alive. To keep my love alive. So we just listened to the perfect advices of Sophia Loren on. How to keep my love alive? And now let's listen to our first voice message. Hello, Lada and Lady Lou. I my name is Eve, and I have a question for you about uh, costume design. I'm uh, starting as a burlesque performer, and I have this amazing idea of a show. And okay, music I can choose and choreo I can make, but the costume for now is my biggest challenge. So I have a question for you. When you come up with the idea of a new show, do you have some preferred costume designers that does a costume for you, or do you look for uh, another costume designer each time you come up with a new show idea, or do you do it yourself? So it would be interesting to hear what you think about it. Thank you. So thank you, Eve, for your question about how and where to get burlesque costumes. Also Eve hat gefragt, wo Lady Lou und Lada Redstar ihre burlesque Kostüme herbekommen, ob sie sie selber anfertigen oder ob sie jemanden haben, der sich darum kümmert. And it is one of the biggest mystery, right, for the burlesque showgirls, and we keep them quite private on what are our secrets of the reveal of ourselves, of taking off or off our costumes, and how do we do that? So some things, of course, we keep them secret, and we don't want to reveal them ever because it's our tricks. You know, the burlesque costume have so many, so many personal things that you can add to them. But I think that in a general, you know, way of doing things in your career, usually just start maybe by customizing pieces that you have already bought, and at the end of your career, you can get to have costume designed just for you by big costume designers. What is your experience, Emma? Especially when you're starting, Eve, I think it's important to buy yourself a sewing machine that works, and to buy items. For example, if you want to have a corset, you do not have to make a corset right from scratch. You buy a corset that fits you well, and then you sew and attach things to it to decorate it into the theme that you have in mind. And by working on garments that are already existing, you get to know the construction quite quickly of how these garments are made. And as well, when you are let's say decorating or pimping your bra, panties, corsets, whatever it is, you this process is really important because while you're doing it, you're thinking about your performance and you're thinking about your character. You're thinking about how this item is going to come off. You're yeah. thinking about the creative part of the performance. and You can really immerse yourself 
into the performance when you're creating the costume. It's a, for me, it's a very important part of the creative process. Yeah, it's a sort of the showgirl meditation, right? The one to put the crystals on and to decorate your own costumes. Exactly. And, and when you get on stage, you're more connected and you're more excited about showing it. I mean, you can't wait to get that bra off to show these gorgeous exactly. pair of pasties that you've made and you take the bra off and you're like, look what I made. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I mean, we say that quite often as showgirls that our costumes are our babies, but I really do feel like that. It's a big thing to say, but there's so much work that has been put in them that you really feel like they're your creations. There's something that comes from your heart and your sweat and your, you know, big efforts. And yeah. I think that even for me who now I reached the point where I could uh, have big costume designers designing my costume. I mean, not designing, but working on my costumes with me. I still, for me, it's still really, really important to have at least uh, the bra or my corset or my knickers done by me and decorated by me or, ju or just give it like a finished touch to all of my pieces of my costume by myself and not having done A to Z by somebody else because you do get that connection with the costume and with your act. Uh, during that creational pro uh, during that you know making uh, time of your co costume so a quick summary Eve is to start small maybe start by making your own pair of pasties first and then buying things like a corset and bra and panties and decorating them and from that you will soon become um, more skilled in your costume making. Start small and just make uh, small steps and you'll get better and better. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, starting small, I had one thing that I always followed in my whole career from the beginning to the end and it was the one, the sentence, the impossible doesn't exist. And so many times I came to clashes with my costume designer because she was saying, this is too big, Lada. This is, uh, we cannot make this or this is impossible. And I always said to her, no, I don't think so. With Lada, impossible doesn't exist. And you just have to like fight for it, fight for it and fight for an idea that you have in your head and just make it happen and just say to yourself, look, I have this crazy idea that I'm not sure it can be made and just make it happen. But because what is very important in burlesque is to push in the limits of creativity, uh, you know, considering the acts that have been done before. So if you just say, oh, I'm going to settle down to, to what has been done and not to be innovative in the costume design, well, that's a bit of a tool of, of an easy task. And as well, I don't think it's going to get you so far in your career. So pushing as well the creativity limits in the costume designing, it's super important in burlesque. Lady Lou's Tipp ist, dass Eve erstmal anfangen sollte, sich eine Nähmaschine zu kaufen und ihre eigenen Kostüme anzufertigen, also die eigenen Pasties zuerst zu machen, weil dieser Prozess des Kostüme-Anfertigens gehört zu diesem kreativen Schaffensprozess, bei dem man sich mit seiner Rolle noch viel besser identifiziert und viel besser über seine Rolle auch nachdenken kann. Und Lada meinte dann noch, dass es auch wichtig ist, die Grenzen der Kreativität zu sprengen. Also, dass man nicht denken sollte, dieses Kostüm, was ich im Kopf habe, das ist doch gar nicht möglich, das anzufertigen. Nein, man sollte es einfach versuchen, denn irgendwie ist doch alles möglich. Going on with this uh, theory that the impossible doesn't exist, I had that uh, uh, example happening in my creativity career, you know, and uh, so I was creating this white costume in sort of a, uh, um, 
white snow theme and um, the costume was really white and I wanted this big headpiece that was in a, in a way of the Siegfeld Follies big headpieces and you have just know- big but huge yes that's how we like it right Lou huge <laughs> not only big so <laughs> so anyway well you know you have to be uh, not only imp- impossible doesn't exist the second important word of costume design is, is perfectionism be a perfectionist so in this particular costume the costume was white and you have to know that the peacock feathers uh, if you dye them white, they're actually not white, but they're cream, which was causing a problem and which wasn't making my costume perfect because there would be two different shades of white that would really clash. So my idea was, look, if I cannot dye the feathers, I just need to find an albino peacock and make it mine and put it on my head, which is exactly what I did. And my costume designer, there she said, it's impossible, lad. And I said, I don't think so. So I found a dead peacock online and I didn't only receive the online. the feathers of the peacock but I had to receive the whole peacock <laughs> yes. so I sent it to Italy because you know their control package is much, much less than here in Germany so I thought look it's better that I don't <laughs> send it here it was coming from the US so <laughs> my costume designer she received this dead peacock which was looking a bit of a, like a used condom you know <laughs> And I used the the tail feathers to put my headpiece on, and I still have half of it in my home in a drawer. I have to admit. Well, what half of the dead peacock? Yes, it's still there, and I'm still planning to make a new costume with that part of the body that it's still uh, there, hidden in my drawers. <laughs> so we talked about using your imagination and creativity with costume making, and next we have a song by Deanna Dawes called. Imagination. Imagination is funny. It makes a cloudy day sunny Makes a bee think of honey Just as I think of you Imagination is crazy Your whole perspective gets hazy Starts you asking a daisy What to do What to do Have you ever felt a gentle touch And then a kiss And then and then Find it's only And 
can't imagine that you want me to Diana Dawes with Imagination. And now for our next question, and we have a voice message question from Myrtle Beauregard. Hello, Lada and Lady Lou. Do you believe in polyamorous philosophy in the couple? Um, what is uh, your advice is for an healthy relationship with a man or a girl, but uh, with a lover? Um because I really want to know what is your your clue for a healthy one. So thank you so much, and I hope you're ready. Your show will be a success because you deserve it. Bye-bye. Thank you, Myrtle Beauregard, for your very interesting question about what Lada and I think of polyamorous relationships and any tips that we have. Also die Frage ist, was Lady Lou und Lada Redstar über polyamoröse Beziehungen denken und was sie für Tipps haben. So it's the, I think this is the most interesting question of the night because it opens so many doors of discussion as well as historical and cultural and it's not only about you know today it's about how love has been lived in the past as well and i think it's important to you know put things in perspective as well which what the thing that we consider normal today which is mon a monogamous relationship as well sort of pushed by the society rules it's not something that it's been normal for all the human history you know it's actually just a normal thing in the last century and the humankind has been going on in non-monogamous relationships for <laughs> so for thousands of years and i think this is the most important thing to be able to put this in perspective and just say i'm not doing something not normal but by not being in a monogamous relationship but being able to live a polyamorous relationship it's something that should be natural and not to be uh, stigmatized so maybe we should start by explaining the law of polyamorous. And obviously it comes from the Greek, 
poly, which means multiple, and then the Greek mixes in a very sexual open relationship with Latin and going to amor, which means love. So it's a um, a multiple love relationship, not only about sex, but as well emotional in so many other different levels. And um, let's think about how the Greek people lived the polyamorous relationship. And imagine that the main god of the Greek poly, um, polytheism, <laughs> because they had many gods as well, was Zeus, who not only had only one wife, many wives, but the main one was Hera. He had so many lovers, and he would spend his days in conquering uh, lovers here and there, and even trans- transforming himself into a swan, and, you know, trying con- to conquer Leda, and you know, the versions are, did he rape Leda, or did he make love to her? It's a bit of a controversy, but anyway, the funny thing is that Zeus would have um, um, a nymph called Echo that had the only purpose of keeping his wife Hera occupied while he was having love affair with other goddesses and non-goddesses. But as well, I mean, Hera had uh, lovers as well. So, I mean, in a Greek society, it was quite uh, openly accepted that uh, monogamous relationships weren't the only option. So probably this idea of the monogamous relationship, it sort of, uh, it only came out in the 50s, right? When the marriage was only about love and where you couldn't find the sexual fulfillment out of marriage and out of the family nucleus. So uh, what was the reason of the change in the human relationship? Probably it was... I mean, we cannot say it's only religion because religion existed as well in the Middle Ages when, I mean, for example, the Queen Margaret, she had 12 lovers at the same time. And of course, you know, so it, we cannot say that it's only a Christian thing. So what was it? What do you think? I think it was society as well, uh, putting importance into um, the way we should live our lives of um, getting married, having kids, working, paying the bills, and everyone sticks to the same format, and it's easier for people to follow that format. Um, But I think we got lost along the way of what we are supposed to do and what we actually want. And then this taboo of um, having a lover or um, having a polyamorous relationship is really frowned upon um, in a lot of uh, parts of our society. Maybe it was as well, uh, maybe it wasn't something religious, but maybe it was about the religion of romance, which is a different sort of, you know, imagining something that maybe doesn't really exist like a god that is this romantic idea of love that we have today and uh, maybe before it was uh, interpreted in a different way maybe the romance was in lovers and not in the husband actually if we think about the marriage before it was more of a economical deal between two families or two people and you wouldn't even expect to find love in your husband you would expect to find the love and the uh, excitement in your lovers and that's how it was that's how it was accepted and nowadays we're expecting to find that same thing in only one person and one situation but maybe it was also a male thing because it was always more accepted when men had lovers than uh, when women had lovers and a woman is always a slut when a woman has several lovers but a man is a hero maybe but I think things are changing slowly yeah Definitely changing. (laughs) Quickly. (laughs) Well, 
things are changing so quickly that I'm actually, if I think about uh, the people that I'm surrounded with and the couples that I'm surrounded by, you know, we are actually all living in polyamorous uh, relationships. And I know very few people who are monogamous. And then as well, we have to think about all these people who are hiding the fact to live polyamorous relationship, which is cheating. Let's, you know, talk about that as well. So maybe a way of, uh, you know, being openly, openly accepting this thing. It's not a negative thing. Maybe you're just going to live your life with your partner so much better in, you know, just talking about it and living it in the way that suits you and your partner the best. And I know that in my experience, I'm surrounded by so many couples that live a polyamorous relationship in a different way. For example, my way is, uh, obviously, I'm not <laughs> having only one partner. That's quite, <laughs> I've been quite uh, openly clear about my way of uh, seeing uh, love, relationship and man and eating them alive. So, mm. but the way that I live it, it's about um, respecting as well my partner and not talk too much about uh, uh, the other experiences that I have. And it's not a way of hiding it because we are both quite uh, aware that those other person exists, but it's just something that we don't talk too much about. So we can as well keep some sort of romance in our couple, our own, right? And then I have some friends that uh, live the polyamorous relationship in such a different way, in the opposite way, which is they say each other everything. The lovers that they have, when did they have... Uh, relationship with those lovers how did that happen and this is their way of keeping their couple alive which is 100% being sincere toward each other so I think that a good advice for Myrtle is to uh, find a way to make it work for herself and not think ah, I have to be a libertine or uh, I have to hide this or I have to do it this or that way but find a way with her partner to make it work and make their and find their own balance but for those uh, listeners out there who do enjoy a monogamous relationship, that as well is perfectly okay. I think what we have to do is just to think about the individuals and think about the individual relationships and think about what works for you best and not to be afraid of stepping out of the norm. Don't be afraid of experimenting and trying different things. Hey, if it doesn't work, then go back to the uh, format that you had before. But never be afraid of trying new things and stepping out of the normal way of uh, relationships because you never know what's around the corner and what will work best for you. Yeah, and even in the opposite way, because, for example, now I've been thinking even better about how I live, uh, how I lived loves and relationships and don't be afraid as well to change your mind during your life and not only during your life but you know with every relationship that you're living for example it happened to me I mean it's happening now that I'm so in love that I'm actually not having the feeling to have other relationship at that you know at the same moment and I'm able to accept myself by saying there have been times of my life where I have been polyamorous and now I just feel I just don't feel like that and I don't know. I'm just feeling like being monogamous now. And what's wrong about that as well, you know, in the <laughs> opposite way of uh, of living and seeing things. So as well, just, uh, I think, live every man the way that you want to live it. Or woman, of course. I mean, you know, you, uh, live every partner just the way that you feel it. And it has to be something conscious between the two of you. So, of course, both partner have to be, have to agree on sort of, you know, the the hidden rules. 
but uh, don't uh, be afraid to change those rules as well. And don't be afraid uh, to try it because of the fear of losing the other person as well. Because by giving each other certain freedoms can make the bond between you much stronger and everlasting. Um, and you just have to make up your own rules between you both. And it's completely personal you don't have to share or talk about it with anyone else and but you talk about it with each other and you decide how much you talk to each other about it so it's just about not being afraid yeah or as you said you know don't be afraid to lose the other person yes it can happen as well that in a polyamorous you know a relationship you are going to lose the other person he is going to maybe fall in love with somebody else but then it just wasn't meant to be. It happens in a monogamous right? relationship exactly. as well. And what's wrong about losing a person? Yes, you are going to find somebody else. This is the reality of the facts. You know, you're not going to stay alone until the end of your life or, you know. So even if you lose that person, that's just how it was meant to be. And there is going to be some new adventure on the horizon. More fish in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> Es ist immer eine individuelle Entscheidung der Menschen, die eine Beziehung miteinander haben. Es ist nichts Falsches daran, monogam zu leben oder ebenso wenig polyamorös zu leben. Man sollte immer bereit sein, neue Lebensweisen zu entdecken, die einen glücklich machen. Manche polyamoröse Paare sprechen detailreich über ihre Abenteuer außerhalb der Beziehung. Manche Paare haben die Abmachung, polyamorös zu leben, aber sie sprechen nicht über anderweitige Kontakte, um ihre Romantik innerhalb der Beziehung aufrechtzuerhalten. Es ist in jedem Fall wichtig, dass man keine Angst hat, seinen Partner zu verlieren, denn egal ob polyamorös oder nicht, das kann in jeder Beziehung passieren. Beziehungen sind immer etwas Individuelles und man muss für sich selbst herausfinden, wie man glücklich leben kann. Which brings us to the next song, You're Not the Only Oyster in the Stew, by Thomas Fatswaller. So let's listen to the song and find out if Fatswaller was monogamous or polyamorous. Was she really the only oyster in the stew for him? Let's figure it out. I'm convinced, completely, fully, firmly convinced, you're the only one for me. You're not the only wriggle in the broom. You're not the only apple on the tree. Still in all the facts, perfectly logical, positive facts, you're the only one for me. So well supplied, the very things I see. Oh, mercy, baby, your smile is refreshing. Kisses so unique. When I'm round, I'm susceptible and weak. I love you, I love you, so to speak. There's seven million people in New York. Fifty million Frenchmen in Paris. Not to mention such as English, Irish, Italians, and 
only arch the end of dude. Look out now. So now we come to the part of the Ask Lou and Lada show where we're going to give a little video demonstration. So we're going to listen to a question. It's a voicemail question which has been sent to our Facebook page. www.facebook.com slash burlesque on air. So let's listen to our message from Cherry Boom Boom. And you will never know what to expect afterwards because Lady Lou is going to give us some very, very important tips on how to flex those. <laughs> we'll see it later. Let's listen to the question first. Dear Lada, I would like to know if you have a ritual before each burlesque show. Bisous. Hmm, interesting. Ja, schön, dass schon slated, ja. Also die Frage lautet, welches Ritual Lady Lou und Lada Red Star haben, bevor sie in eine Show starten? So, I have a very important ritual that I do before shows. And now, take me seriously, girls, because this is very serious matters. So, okay, first concentrate. Yes, concentrate very well. Not on the show, of course, concentrate on men, as always. On sex, uh, bodies, um, hair as well. Yes, men hair, I like that. I mean, from the chest, you know. And then, just like, raise a glass. Yes, give it a bit of importance to this gesture. Like if it was an Olympic torch. And then you just slowly take it to your mouth. And just drink it. And now I feel like a dragon that can go on stage as well because this drink was like 40 degrees of alcohol. <laughs> Do you have maybe some like better tips for some more serious girls than me? Okay, ladies. So <laughs> if you would like to warm up backstage before a show, um, often when you're performing in a burlesque show, the backstage area is very small so it's not really an appropriate place to lay out your yoga mat and do some full stretching because there's just not enough space but you can do something that doesn't take up so much space you can just do what is called the hip grind so ladies should we try it let's try it so all you have to do is take the hip area and move in a circular motion. So you have to move to the front, side, back, side, front. Keep it going into a nice big circle. Keep it going, Suzanne. Mm -hmm. I'm checking you. <laughs> now grind it. The grind it. That's it. And take the hands and you can, with beautiful dancing fingers, move the hands in circular motions the same as the hips. And feel it. Just feel soft and feminine. Close your eyes and imagine the audience screaming your name. I and you're absolutely fabulous. Mommy. What are you imagining, Lada? I'm imagining man. Orgies. Oh, Sweat. This is also a part of it. You have to get sexually aroused before you get on stage because ultimately you are being a femme fatale up there. What are you You've, imagining, Susan? So, Tell us. No, I don't want to say. It's, <laughs> it's maybe too pervert. Oh! oh. <laughs> Suzanne always give us big surprises. That, that naughty little silent one in the corner always yeah. comes up with these ones that actually make us blush. But I have a tip 
which will warm you up, ladies, for the stage. So, there is something called a pelvic floor muscle. What? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Now, this is a muscle right here, right here, oh, here. Oh, she, she just touched my vagina for those really? who didn't see it on camera. Demonstration purposes only, I swear. Where is it again? I didn't understand, mistress. Right, right here. <laughs> Should I show it to Suzanne? Where is it? Yeah, Where is it? Ah, okay, good to know. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, ladies, attention, attention. Right, I'm losing them. Uh, so what you have to do is you have to squeeze the muscles in this area up, right up to the belly button, and then release. Squeeze and release. So, and this is going to warm you up nicely because these muscles are very important, ladies. I was made aware of these muscles by actually after giving birth my, was my midwife who taught us how to uh, build the muscle uh, control back in this area and while doing this I discovered that these muscles they are amazing they will add not only to your building the muscles up but to your sex life if you use these muscles in certain moments, it will create an explosion of fireworks. I tell you, it enhances not only your orgasm, but your partner's orgasm as well. You're talking about it with too much enthusiasm. Mm. <laughs> Tell me you had an orgasm only by flexing those muscles. I I'm, I'm did. I'm see, seeing it coming. I got so enthusiastic about this discovery yes. of the pelvic muscles that I managed to build up enough strength to almost reach an orgasm just simply by in and out. But you have to, to be very convincing with it, ladies. So you have to okay, imagine... Okay, okay. You have to imagine like a walnut in your lady parts and you squeeze until you crush that nut and then release and squeeze. It tickles, (laughs) mommy. It does tickle. That's right. So, and the best thing is you can do this anywhere, anytime. Oh my God, oh. so many possibilities of yes. orgasms everywhere. Yes, anywhere. I say you, anywhere. Oh, <laughs> no one's going to even know. Changed. It can be your, your little secret. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And especially if you do this just before you go on stage, it really warms you up and like gets you in the mood and it really centers you into your female zone and your femme fatale will come out and then you enter the stage. Bam! Bang. You're ready. Kaboom! Mm-mm. Whoa! So it's a tip, not only for the stage, but for the ladies out there for your everyday life, wherever you are, and for the bedroom. There you go. So are you going to do this exercise from time to time when Uh, nobody knows it, Suzanne? Every time it's possible, really, every time it's possible, I swear. But I think that now we're going to look to each other with a different way. Mm. Like, you you know, you look to somebody in the eyes and you will never know Mm. if at the right exact moment Mm. they're doing exercise exactly. mm-hmm. it's a little secret mm-hmm. okay, great. Mm-hmm. thank you so Lidu. job what well done exercise. ladies well, let's go back to my exercise again which is the one of lifting the glass exactly 
Such talent. There we Cheers, go. ladies. Cheers. Cheers. To orgasms everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm still practicing. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a song by Eartha Kitt called I Want to Be Evil. I've posed for pictures with ivory soap I've petted stray dogs and shied clear of dope My smile is brilliant My glance is tender But I'm noted most For my unspoiled gender I've been made Miss Rheingold though I never touch beer And I'm the person to whom they say You're sweet, my dear The only etchings I've seen have been behind glass and the closest I've been to a bar was at ballet class, prim and proper, the girl who's never been cased. Well, I'm tired of being pure and not chaste. Like something that seeks its level, I want to go to the devil, want to be evil. I want to spit tax I want to be evil And cheat at jacks I want to be wicked I want to tell lies I want to be mean And throw mud pies I want to wake up in the morning With that dark brown taste I wanna see some dissipation in my face I wanna be evil I wanna be mad But more than that I wanna be bad I wanna be evil And trump an ace Just to see My partner's face I want to be nasty I want to be cruel I want to be daring I want to shoot pool And in the theater I want to change my seat Just so I can step on everybody's feet I want to be evil I want to hurt for life I want to sing songs Like the guy who cries I want to be horrid I want to drink booze And whatever I've got I am eager to lose I want to be
I want to be evil by Eartha Kitt. And let's be evil even more. What's the next question, Lady Lou? And this is going to be the last question and the most naughty one. Hmm, let's get to it. So we have an email question from one of our listeners called Annie. And she would like to know, have you ever had an orgasm while having anal sex? <gasps> Which word did you just Anal say on the Ooh. sex oh. and no clitoral stimulation? Oh my God. Mm. Die letzte Frage an Lady Lou und Lada Redstar lautet heute, hattet ihr jemals schon einen Orgasmus, während ihr Analsex hattet und ohne klitorale Stimulation? Und sie wurde von Annie gestellt. So, Annie, thank you for this wonderful question that I'm going to prove so much pleasure in answering you. Almost as much pleasure as the first time that I had an anal orgasm. Hallelujah! It was... ah. Uh, okay, so I waited 31 years of my life before getting to that sensation. And it was the most warm and long and deep and uh, intense orgasm that I ever had in my whole life. And uh, I didn't even know it existed. It just came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. And it just, boom, exploded inside me. Well, <laughs> so... <laughs> and I cried of pleasure that night. It was the most amazing thing. You're making me jealous. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> and I never felt it again. But Lady Lou, you don't have to complain. You can have your orgasms anytime, anywhere with your special muscles. Oh, this is true. Thanks, Suzanne. This uh, is true. Yeah. Each one has her own secrets and her own ways of giving pleasure, you know? Well, so I think that uh, then I explored this and actually Googled it. And I realized that not so many women have anal orgasms and not so many women can have an anal orgasm. It's something actually that it's from just a minority of women. And um, I found this like special position that I could reach an anal orgasm with, which was leaning on the, s on the side of my bed and having this pressure on my belly that was pushing my A spot. A spot? Yes, Susanne. A spot. So, woman, we have the G spot that sort of everyone knows, but not everybody knows that we have other erogenous zones in our vagina. And the A spot is the patch of sensitive tissue at the inner end of the vaginal tube between the cervix and the bladder. That doesn't sound sexy at all, but oh my God, the pleasures that it can give. So, I think that the anal penetration stimulated from the other side my A spot because that was pressed ag against my anal tube. So that's how the magic happened. So it's not an easy task. And I think that I had a second secret weapon that make it happen, which is having an Italian stallion as a lover. I don't think that exact, I don't think that all men can practice this uh, anal orgasm. So you need two things. You need to find out where your A spot is and how to stimulate it from the other side. So from your anal tube. And then find an Italian Italian stallion <laughs> that can make it better and that can make it happen. That's my trick. Lada Red Stars Tipp ist, also diesen Tipp hat sie aufgrund eines Erlebnisses, bei dem sie ihren A-Punkt, also ihren Analpunkt entdeckt hat. Und zwar wurde dieser dadurch stimuliert, dass am Bauch von außen 
ein Druck herrschte, wahrscheinlich hat sie sich über etwas drüber gelehnt, während sie von einem italienischen Hengst bestiegen wurde und durch diese Stimulation von außen am Bauch, gleichzeitig der analen Stimulation, haben sich der innere Teil der Vagina sowie der penetrierte anale Teil getroffen und zwar genau am A-Punkt. Es gibt dazu auch Bilder im Internet, wenn ihr das jetzt nicht so gut nachvollziehen könnt. Und das war ein total beeindruckendes Erlebnis für sie. Sie hat sogar vor Freude geweint dabei. Susanne, you're being so German and technical. I think you can just keep What? all the technical... You, you said all the stuff with the cervix and... Ha, ha, ha. <lacht> just keep the technical part and get to the Italian lover. That's the secret. Okay. Also get ein italienischer Hengst. Ein italienischer Hengst ist get unbedingt von Nöten. And they will know what to do with you. I've experienced so many amazing things by having an Italian lover. That's the secret, girls. So... Maybe those are the secrets for today. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any more time to answer to any questions. No. But maybe you should send us more questions on our pages. Yeah, on Or Facebook. Or our emails. So on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash air, where you're also going to find a tutorial on how to send us voice messages. Or by email, question.burlesconair at gmail.com. Perfect, Lara. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Should we say goodbye to each other? Yeah. Should we do a, a few more uh, pelvic pel pelvic floor vaginal exercises? I'm, I'm doing it all the time, Lada. Yes, I'm going to raise glasses <laughs> as well. <laughs> like if, if it was an Olympic torch. <laughs> Let's do exercises, okay. girls. Okay. Wow. Then, and uh, in the next show, we might reveal the secret sex tape of Lada. Yes, true. We didn't have the time this time. Oh, it's gonna be for next time, probably. As well, I think that next time we're going to make a video tutorial that many girls are really going to love, and it's going to be the secret of our hairstyles and how to make this perfect vintage hairstyle. We received many questions about that, so it is going to be answered next month. And apologies to any listeners out there who sent their questions in and we didn't get time to answer them, but we promise we will answer them next time. So please send us your questions and we look forward to the next show. Bye. Bye. Cheers. And let's cheers now. Cheers. What are we cheering for? Orgasms? Orgasms. Okay, general. Anal, vaginal, clitoridean, deep spots, A spots. Bye. 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 <laughs>